0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi,
1: welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun & Tonic blog. On this season of our show, we are diving headfirst into Malaysia's fine dining scene. So throughout the season, we'll be speaking with renowned chefs and industry peers throughout the country to learn about their journey, understand their cooking philosophies, and get an insider's look at the current state of the Malaysian food industry. Our guest for this episode is Aidan Lau, who's the head chef and co-owner at Akar Restaurant in TTDI. Aiden earned his cooking stripes in France and Japan and started Akar right before the pandemic, serving his brand of modern French cuisine. Since then, though, the look and flavor of his food has progressed and evolved, incorporating more Malaysian and Asian influences throughout his menu. So, on today's episode, we'll hear about Aiden's journey, get an insider's look at the industry, and hear about the evolution of Akar. So, without further ado, here's Aiden Lau. Hi, Aiden, Welcome onto the show.
2: Hello. Hello, June.
1: Yeah, thanks for taking the time today to, to speak with us. So your restaurant, I feel like, has been uh, one of the newer, well, new-ish restaurants that, that have been like doing pretty well or, or, or being spoken about a lot uh, within the, the food sphere in Malaysia. But perhaps to start, for those who have not heard of you or, or Akar before,
2: can you introduce yourself and your restaurant? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Aidan, I'm the chef and co-owner of Akka Dining, located in Tamantun, Tun, uh, TVI. All right, so uh, Akka was founded uh, probably two years ago on, on, on March, just before the pandemic hit. Uh, and um, our mission when we first started Akka was to really just uh, have a footing for myself and showcase uh, what I have learned overseas, the years that I spent in, in Japan and France. Uh, but with that being said, uh, recently I, I believe that we have somehow evolved into a more progressive Malaysian restaurant with the, with the current cuisine and the ingredients they are, that we are more putting on our menu, so to speak.
1: Mm, Cool. Yeah. yeah so cool. you worked in Japan and and France before, right? You said, and and I yeah, suppose correct. like those experiences really influence what you cook right because you started off as a, a modern uh french restaurant and having dined at your restaurant uh, once it's like you do also incorporate a lot of japanese elements japanese flavors ingredients in in your cooking
2: right yeah that's that's mm. actually correct so so I, I think what we have learned or what i have learned uh, throughout the years become the backbone of of our cuisine in terms of execution wise but the whole mm. idea now is to really be more focused on, on, on local indigenous ingredients uh, that we are looking hard to source in. Uh, mm. putting, them, putting them through certain fermentations or certain work to really highlight the certain ingredients, that we, that's our real mission for this year.
1: Mm-hmm. How did that yeah. mission come to be though? How, how did that, because you said there was like an evolution, right? In the beginning, it was yeah. Yeah, very French with perhaps like here and there Japanese ingredients, but now it's more yeah. local ingredients. How did that inspiration or what, what was the reason behind that?
2: I think it's all about stepping out of your comfort zone and and going back to, to French or even Japanese philosophies, uh, 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 they are, they really strongly work on their own terroir, so whatever that's available around them, no matter what kind of cuisine around the world, right, what's good. You see French cuisine is always about whatever ingredients they get, and even more so for Japanese ones. So I think we should adapt that kind of spirit and uh, apply it here. And maybe we apply it here, we found that local ingredients are actually quite great and and really underrepresented in, in the fine dining world. So so mm. yeah, I think that, that that's something that we should really work on.
1: And yeah, let's talk about your food for a bit. Yeah, I'm just curious, like what are some of the the local ingredients that you've recently incorporated in your menu? Could you give us like a few tasters few examples? <laughs>
2: sure. Uh so recently for our recent uh Valentine's menu. We've uh, we've been working with a fruit called kundang, so this fruit has a particular uh, flavor of a uh, mix of peppermint and and floral notes of mango. So what we did is we cook it down into a sambal and pair it with our claypot rice for for the for the menu.
1: Ah, wait yeah. what what is the what is the fruit called again? Kundang, kundang right, kundang, and it's a uh, yeah I've never heard of this before. It's like a it's a Malaysian. Yes, fruit, it is. It,
2: it's a native, uh, more more native in in. Eastern part of Malaysia. Uh, ah. it's a really common Bornean ingredient as well.
1: Right, right. right.
2: And and in yeah, in,
1: in what form do you cook
2: it? We, we cook it into a sambal. So we basically reduce it down and then add in add in sambal spices.
1: Ah. Yeah, so did. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I remember like once I well the the one uh, time I dined at your place, one dish that really stood out to me was the Malaysian greens with the banana kawda and black garlic was it?
2: Yeah. Yes, 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 that's it. So that's that's really the core idea of what we are trying to do now. So that dish is something that we've been working on for quite a while, Uh, and recently gone on the menu uh, for two menus now. Uh,
0: Mm. So
2: that represents the idea of what we're trying to do, which is harvesting local greens and highlighting it in a different limelight. Uh, mm. So the sauce itself might not be be local, but it brings out uh all the other tastes of the of the vegetables or even the sambal inside the dish itself.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's pretty much like a a perfect representation of what you do, right? Because there's the Malaysian part with the with the greens and the ulam, and you have the bana kaua, which is I guess like a more European influence, and then you have yes, correct the black
2: garlic, which is Asian ish as well. Yeah. Yes, correct.
0: Mm. Right, so so
2: yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do, and hopefully that translates into a, a, a better message to consumers on what we really are. Through dishes mm. like this through with time.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and beyond this dish, right, of the the Malaysian greens with the banana powder, um, are there any one or two other dishes that perhaps is in your current menu or, or one of your previous menus that have a special meaning to you, or, or that you are like particularly proud of?
2: Um. Uh, there's one more dish in the current menu that we're quite proud of, uh, which is a uh, highlight of the sweet potato. So, so we basically uh, s- slow grill the potato and brush on a layer of a uh, mushroom mammite. Uh, so, the mushroom mammite is made through yeast fermentation. We brush it on for, for the extra umami punch on, a, on the uh, sweet potatoes and pair it with a, a cool and refreshing local pomelo salad. Yeah, so in a way, mm. our idea is to translate uh, steak and salad into a different version through, through, uh, through other means and, and ingredients that we can source here in Malaysia.
1: Ah, right. So in this case, yeah. like the, yeah. the steak is like the sweet the, potato. The potato. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. cool. And the salad yeah. is the pomelo. Mm, yeah, and the pomelo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the salad is the pomelo part. And, and I guess it's like the, the Asian influence part as well. Mm. Yeah, correct. And I think another dish that I, I also p- remember, I don't think you have this in your current menu, but it was the cucumber, was it cucumber granita with like hot sauce? And that really, oh, yes, yeah, yes. that I found it really, really interesting and, and and it kind of blew my mind when I had it. And it was very interactive <laughs> as well, right? Like you can put as much or as less or like hot sauce as you like. And people don't usually think of putting uh, hot sauce into a cucumber granita, but like right. the contrast and the bit of heat from from the hot sauce like, it works really well, as, especially as a, a palate cleanser as well. Yeah, it was surprising.
2: Correct. Mm. Right. So, so spicy elements is what we really work on quite a lot right now, uh, even on desserts or even palate cleansers like what you said just now. So all these unconventional flavor offerings are what we want to discover and exploit out for, for our customers. Uh, mm. Besides that, there's actually one more dish that, that uh, my pastry chef, Stephanie, has, has discovered, which is special Lhasa Cookies. A laksa cookie, yeah. So we actually serve that for for thirty four at the Valentine's menu as oh, well. Oh, cool. So, so the spiciness actually acts as a real, real nice cleanse, real, really nice finishing to the meal.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. And and I guess like yeah. the spicy flavor or spicy spicy sensation, isn't yep. really that common in like French cooking, right? Correct, or, or maybe correct. there are like a few regional ones, but yeah. But, o- overall, is is less common there than it is here. Yeah. So I yep, love that correct.
2: you're like incorporating that in as well. Mm. Yeah, because it's what we love and what we grow up with. Uh, And I think we shouldn't omit that out just because we're trying to uh, cook French food, you know. Uh, Whatever is Mm. around us is is still very important.
1: Mm. Yeah, and sometimes the whole French cooking philosophies or or any like European cooking philosophies or even, I guess like Japanese cooking philosophies isn't so much, oh, you have to get all these ingredients all the way from their native countries. Rather, it could be like you know, working with what is around you and, and making the best out of it, right?
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, and that's what a sustainable effort is all about. It's more also mm. important now for, for all restaurants to, to focus on what's really around them than what mm. they're com- comfortable with.
1: Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I've been speaking with Aiden Lau, the head chef and co owner at Aka Restaurant. We've been hearing about the flavors and some of the dishes that are emblematic of his restaurant, but now we're turning our focus to talking about the Malaysian fine dining scene as a whole. i'd like to pivot our conversation a bit actually into the theme for uh this season of uh, breaking Bread that we're doing um it's talking about like the food industry uh in malaysia for a bit so i think i i'll start with uh saying well yeah i'll start with like exploring something that i've heard from quite a few chefs uh before like something they mentioned was a, a lot of malaysians uh malaysian could be like culinary students could be like chefs they usually will go um, out of Malaysia to gain cooking experience, right? Whether it's like uh, Japan, France, like you did, uh, or different parts of Asia, like Hong Kong, even like Singapore, our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, all these people, they 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 don't really plan on coming back to Malaysia in the longer term, right? And and it might be for like a, a multitude of reasons, like perhaps the the health of of the food industries and in other countries is, is better. The pay is better. Um, mm-hmm. The environment there is more more healthy as well, perhaps. But for you, you came back to Malaysia after working in Japan and, and France. So I would like to start there. Like, what was the reason for coming back home?
2: I mean, okay, me stepping out of, of Malaysia never, I mean, for me, I never meant to stay overseas for the rest of my life. Uh, I knew that one, one day sooner or later for me, my mission is to come back and do what, what I love here in in Malaysia. So I mean that's a personal reason for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. but I do I do understand for other people, other chefs who wanted to stay more or commit commit more overseas. Uh, like you said, a multitude of reasons being salary, pace, the the industry there, the the whatever exposure they can get there might be a little bit higher than what we have here. But mm-hmm. for me I I, I think that we shouldn't overlook what Malaysia can offer. I mean, that's, for me, it's just the same as giving up whatever you've been growing up with. Mm. But that's my thought.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I am very grateful that that you have come back to Malaysia and like graced us with such good food from your restaurant so no complaints there but yeah yeah it seems to be like a, a big sentiment of, of many I guess like chefs uh yes. overseas yeah and and since you've worked in uh several countries outside of Malaysia in the past like what has been the biggest difference uh, or are, are there any differences in that you've noticed um in the food culture in Malaysia compared to Japan and, and France I guess and and in, in particular, like, are there anything that's that holding us back?
2: Um, I think it's the way that uh, how they exploit and brand their whatever's around them. I think that's number one. And people there tend to appreciate when it's being highlighted, even though it's not you know, imported goods, it's actually local. But uh, but the way they exploit it and brand it is, is actually to meet the core of how the restaurants run over there. Uh, so so that's that's what I've really got to soak in and, and learn how to really appreciate what's around you. You know, from the hunting to the fishing you know, or what's, what's around you with the seasons and all that. Uh, mm. it, it might be hard to notice here in Malaysia, but no seasons do still apply here. Like the fruit I mentioned earlier for kundang, it's, it's very seasonal. It's probably going to last around one or two more months and, and it's going to be the end of the season for kundang.
0: Mm. Uh, it's
2: just that it's not exploited enough for for us to be
1: known, right, right, yeah. and how can how can more exploration happen in in Malaysia? Oh,
2: this is a this is a very big question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy question. Yeah, all, but, but a, yeah. yeah, or or perhaps like, what have you been doing personally to to explore some of this uh, uh lesser known ingredients, lesser known like flavors? How how do you find out about all these things?
2: Uh, a lot of it comes from collaborative efforts with with other chefs. Uh, one was, one was uh, a recent we've done with uh with the of the of the during Kita Festival that really opened our eyes into a different multitude of ingredients and flavors that we could achieve here in Malaysia. Uh, of course, he's pivoting in in, in this arena. And, uh, yeah and yeah and, and also one the, the recent. Valentine's collaboration was actually done with one of, uh, one of the sous chefs in Davokan as well. Mm, so, right. so yeah, all these collaborative efforts and, and getting ourselves out of the box to know and accept uh, odd flavors and, and turning them into something that uh, the general public will know and love mm-hmm.
0: is,
2: is, is our challenge and effort of, of uh, utilizing and highlighting these ingredients.
1: Yeah. And and just yeah. wondering as well from I, I guess from a logistical standpoint as well. Like many of these fruits, right? Like I guess they are used in very niche areas in Malaysia. But it, it's very hard for for these ingredients to to be brought to the bigger cities, right? And and have you faced any difficulties in, in perhaps like sourcing for these ingredients? And how has the general um response been to, to all these seemingly foreign ingredients to to many like city folks in malaysia
0: yeah so people are pretty
2: pretty, uh curious about these ingredients most of the time well we found out that people actually do appreciate when you highlight something that's actually local but but not so popular so they actually Mm. learn something new in a way uh Mm. logistic logistic issues is a problem uh, let's be honest <laughs> so mm. the way we, when, when we source these certain ingredients and try to work with it is one thing is true fermentation so we can preserve it for, for, for later use so we get in box of it and preserve it uh, or we have a uh, commitment with a supplier that we, so that we could uh, get standing orders every week and those are the efforts that we try and, and try to keep mm. the ingredients going you know, in the restaurant
1: Mm, mm. I, I guess like in the past two years and since, since you've started uh, Akar, you personally have have grown and evolved quite a bit as, as mm. evidenced by uh, your menu and, and what you've spoken up about before. But as yeah. uh, in terms of like the industry and I guess the Malaysian public, the Malaysian eaters out there, have you noticed any, any shift, uh, any growth or any evolution um, since you've started Akar?
2: I think there is. I think there there certainly is uh, a lot more open mind and acceptance to what we have around here and a really great attitude towards what we're doing here. And that's Mm. uh, what I'm really thankful for. Uh, Mm, mm. I think one big part of it is because of uh, so many other different restaurants are opening right now and generally opened up by a younger younger team of chefs uh, like myself. I I, I think it's shifting towards a, a good, a good time right now so people mm. are high, highly accepting whatever we have around here
1: yeah yeah it definitely seems like that and there's a general consensus that oh people are seemingly more collaborative more more understanding more helpful towards one another and very supportive as well uh, within the food community here in in Malaysia and that's yeah, really that really encouraging to hear it's heartwarming mm. it's
2: heartwarming to to have
1: Mm. So do you have any like hopes or, or wishes for the upcoming few years perhaps? And, and what would it take for Malaysia to grow further in our, in our food industry? Because it often seems like we are playing a catch-up game to our neighbours like Singapore and, and even Thailand. Um, but yeah, what, what can we do as people in the food industry?
2: To me, the main problem isn't Singapore or Thailand. I think we should really just focus on us being Malaysians. And mm. be it fine dining, hawker food, whatever that you're doing, or as chefs or or even customers. Uh, to be just really focused on what we have around us. I mean, that's all. That's all. It mm. seems so simple, but it's actually so hard to do because of business, right? Because you're afraid whether people accept this or not, whether the flavors are good enough. Uh, whether mm. it's, it's too cheap of an ingredient, you know. But really, mm. I, I don't think that's a real issue.
1: Mmm yeah so personally for you uh, are we going to see even more local Malaysian ingredients uh, worked into your menu in the in the coming months and
2: years yeah, definitely. perhaps Definitely yeah definitely definitely you, you see a lot more hopefully a lot more interesting flavors as well
1: Mm-hmm. So if you were to retitle your restaurant or, or like recategorize it, will it still be yeah. a modern French restaurant
2: or what, what would the updated oh, that, description that's be? Going, that's what we're going through right now. So, so we're currently in the midst of re-identifying ourselves to, to set out, send out a clearer message. We haven't decided on a title or a name yet, but just you're probably seeing something more progressively Malaysian.
1: Mm, mm. yeah, yeah and, and i really like that it's like a constant evolution it's like you're always learning more about yourself and and what you cook and what you started out with might be yeah. completely different from what you're doing today which in the case for yeah. you it's like yeah yeah you can definitely see
2: it yeah right. Mm. i mean that's important because i mean like end of the day you don't want to be stagnant so, mm. so to seek out what's around this is always the first step
1: right right yeah. And just to, I guess, bring our conversation to a close, like, what for those who have never been to your restaurant, do you have any tips or or things that first time diners uh, should know or anything you want to brief them on?
2: Nothing much. Just come in and sit down, relax, and enjoy the, your time here. And we'll take care of everything for
0: you.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah. And, and you're on social media, and your restaurant is actually in TTDI, which is actually opposite the. Uh, bfm office in in Manara Ken, yeah so it's like oh, super really? near actually oh really yeah yeah Are the they, B, uh, bfm office like is in is in Manara Manara Ken. Ken. Oh, uh. so you're, you're in Manara, Manara Ken right now oh no
2: you're
1: not well not right now right now i'm at home doing this recording <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so i guess to the bfm is listening to this if you want to go to archives it's just a, a walk a five minutes walk away yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah just to end i uh, just wanted to know if uh are there any like big plans or big updates in in twenty twenty two for you?
2: Um, well, this year we're certainly looking at a lot of uh, collaborations. Uh, COVID has been limiting us into getting more exposure, and I really wanna take this chance and 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 expose ourselves as much as possible. Um, we have collaborations. Collaborations line up to June, so so it will be something quite exciting.
1: And when you say collaborations, they are mainly with like other chefs from other restaurants, and you're doing kind of like a, a one time only sort of event or
2: menu. Correct, right? correct, correct. So we're probably going to Penang, we'll, we'll be going to Sarawak, and mm. there will be some other collaborations happening here in Taman as well with other chefs mm. or restaurants.
1: Yeah, that's all really exciting, and it's almost like a like a limited edition menu that, that you have for a limited time period. So yeah, that makes it even more exciting to, to have to go and try all these things. Yeah, correct. Mm. And as a bonus question, a final bonus
2: question, <laughs> why the name Akar? Uh, okay, to be honest, we were struggling for the name uh, in the
0: beginning.
2: <laughs> uh, but then I asked myself, why did I come back to Malaysia, right? And And the answer always seems to be to come back home and really showcase what what I've learned overseas. I mean, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be re- authentic French cuisine, but the principles and the philosophy of it and bringing it back over here. Uh, so I think "aka" means root, and just me or even other chefs that I'm working with right now, coming back overseas and, and showcasing what, what they know here.
0: Mm, mm. If that yeah, makes any really- sense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that, that is really <laughs> profound and it's actually uh, really meaningful as well. Yeah, for something that, you know, you didn't know what to call yourself and then suddenly you came upon this name and it's really yeah. meaningful. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are at the end of our conversation. So I'd like to uh, thank you so much, Aiden, for coming onto to our show and for sharing with us today.
2: No problem, you. Thank you.
1: That's all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And if you're hungry for more food news and fun recipes, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram. I'm at Jun dot and dot Tonic. That's J U N . A N D . T O N I C. A-N-D This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.